Hello, this is Mary Lindo. I am so pleased that you are joining me for this week's teaching podcast. This podcast is prayerfully created each week with the intention of giving you a time of resting in the Lord and for allowing Him to speak into your life through three to five minute messages and prophetic impressions and insights. Each message is meant to assist you in cultivating your love for the Word of God, combined with the power of His Holy Spirit, confirming His words over your life. Gather your Bible and a cup of coffee or tea, and take a few minutes each week to sit back and allow the peace of God to wash over you as you enjoy soft background music that inspires a restful time of worship and tender moments with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now, let's begin this week's podcast. Hello, beloved child of God. Today's podcast is titled Trends and Presumptions, Enmeshed into Deception. As I sit here in the outdoors this evening, enjoying unusually cool and brilliantly moonlit sky, I am stirred to speak openly and transparently about the things that God is not only dealing with in my personal journey with Him, but also some of the trends and presumptions that occur in the world of Christendom, when it appears and feels as if the Father God is far off and seemingly unresponsive to the cries of those desperate for relief and merciful compassion. Through his own personal agony, David came to a new understanding of what it really was that God required from man. You know, God is not interested in our outward sacrifices or offerings. Now, this does not necessarily mean that God never requires outward forms of worship or expression or observances. Many lines of scripture prove that at times he does. But it does mean that that these are not the things that he requires first. If our religious practices contain nothing more than outward actions and performance, then God takes no pleasure in them. God always looks underneath what goes on outwardly, and He looks to the motive and the attitude of the heart. But what does He look for there? David tells us in Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17, For you delight not in sacrifice, or else I would give it, and you find no pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin, and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. Broken and contrite, these are not common words to our ears these days. So just what does it mean when God asks that we have a broken spirit? Does he want us to be beaten down and humiliated? I'm sure that's not what was in his plan. Then what is a broken spirit? It is an inner self that has come totally to the end of itself. It makes no claims and offers no arguments. All independence, all self-will, self-promotion, all self-righteousness has been pruned away. Such a spirit simply turns and trust completely upon God, not trusting in his own skill, merit, popularity, or the ability to influence. 
This one who has willingly allowed the disciplining of his soul knows that he or she must only trust in God and his unrelenting mercy. If we will allow him to guide us, he knows how to produce this brokenness of spirit in each of us. But just remember, he treats us as individuals and he would never abuse our individuality. He uses just the right amount of intensity needed to accomplish his desires, that we would relinquish our mistrust in his plan and fully step into total abandonment, willingly accepting his plan. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. That's Lamentations 3.33. Affliction is also known as discipline. And if there was ever a man who had to face affliction, also known as discipline, it was David. I am amazed that he never became bitter. He even admitted that it did him good. God allows us to come under afflictions or discipline, not because he is mad at us, nor because he has rejected us. It is actually a demonstration of his faithfulness. When he sees us taking a wrong turn that will lead to our own harm and damage, he allows difficulty and affliction or discipline to turn us back to the way that leads to peace and blessing. And when I say affliction, I am not accusing God of bringing about harsh and devastating blows in order to knock us down and break our arms in the process. No, no, no. In Psalm 119, 67, 71, and 75, it says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. When we are thrown a curveball, how do we respond? When we are thrown a curveball and everything we carefully planned out and prepared for suddenly takes a turn we did not expect. David did not view afflictions or disciplines as disaster. He saw it as a form of correction, something to adjust his life. He was saying, before I was afflicted or disciplined, I went astray and I suffered for it. Now I've learned my lesson. It pays to obey your word. So are you in the middle of difficulty or loss or an adjustment? May I caution you? Don't fight back, and whatever you do, do not argue with God. Admit that God is dealing with you and allowing an affliction, a disciplining, a difficulty or disappointment to address major issues of stubbornness, lazy spirituality, dependence upon others for water from the Word, and more than often, a sour and willful independence that does not like accountability in every area. Ask Him, what is it that you are doing? Am I off the pathway that you have planned and have willfully gone my own way? You see, the Lord is seeking and looking and longing for you to turn away from things that are harmful and to bring you back to things that are in His purpose and plan. If we are willing to learn from these afflictions or disciplines, there will come a time when we will indeed look back with gratitude for the things we have learned and matured in. My dear friends, 
We were not created to serve ourselves or to meet our own needs. Whatever we need, the Lord will see to it that we get it as we move along the pathway that He has chosen. You may be asking the question, Why is it so hard for me to hear from the Lord at first when it comes to difficult issues and decisions? We must understand we cannot instantly unlearn what we've lived out our entire life. We must, as the scripture says, be transformed from who we are to who we want to be. We need to understand with our whole heart that we were intended to be godly in every way, in our relationships with others, above all, in our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If one is out of order, then both will be. But, as a dear brother in the Lord by the name of Larry Reese says, we are not to fear the passing of time or fear that we are wasting time by spending time with the Lord, searching out His Word and being still in His presence. You will never lose anything by doing these things. Trends, blogs, and comments. It's no secret that social media has become quite a form of communication. One of the problems that can occur when listening to trends, blogs, and commentary from others is that sources quoted and information gathered may well be skewed to interject thoughts and opinions into the minds of those who never think for themselves. Believers in Christ, we're not to be uninformed. We are to be wise about what we ingest and digest when it comes to the lifestyle of a Christian. Do not rely upon the wisdom of men to help you ultimately reach the destiny that God Himself paid the price for. He is not an ego-driven maniac looking for his entourage of followers to validate his importance. He paid it forward so that we would have the opportunity to walk upon a pathway, although narrow, that leads to purposeful living and a fruitful reaping of productivity that will only advance us into further opportunities to speak of hope and a purpose for others. Beware of false humility and undertones of disdain. If there were one thing that sickens the heart of God, it would be underhanded and slippery craftiness oozing from those who resist the full aspect of allowing God to create in them a clean and contrite heart. It always amazes me how individuals that need notoriety and a place of mystical influence seem to be able to cunningly discredit good and godly saints around them who have perhaps lovingly warned them about deceptive practices or micromanagement control issues knowing that they risk the loss of relationship when doing so. It is as if these individuals secretly feel entitled to sidestep the issue of preferring your brother and sister and humbly listening to their insights and observances. Equally amazing are those who listen to only one side of a conflict or disagreement and then spiritualize away the fact that harm or discord has happened. And so... The Lord often allows the difficulties and afflictions to come and expose the areas of favoritism, embracing the new and exciting rather than the narrow and at times dry pathway to mature godliness. There will always be among us those claiming to have the word of the hour, 
the message of the forefathers, and on and on and on the platitudes and justifications are listed to justify the mocking and putting down of the simple and unique message of self-abandonment. Listen for the sound of mercy. Listen to the tone in the voice of those addressing the crowd, the congregation, or perhaps a small study group. False humility has a highly honeyed pitch of barely restrained condescension, laced with heavy doses of unsolicited advice and counsel. Rarely will individuals who have an exaggerated view of their own importance allow others to warmly and intimately engage in transparent communication and dialogue regarding the unique and yet equal calling and gifting of each child of God. Now is the time. The time is now. These words have been spoken out from the Lord over lives of many who seemingly can hardly lift their heads up due to delays, betrayals, losses, and a deep, deep internal anguish. It seems as if God sees greater fruitfulness when we are at the bottom of the proverbial barrel. Those who are forever wishfully proclaiming that the bad times are over and good times are ahead are sadly attempting to override the ache of the soul when it longs to return to the comfort zone of self-indulgence. Jeremiah 7, 8 says, But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Know this. To avoid the chastening and bruising of our souls is a guarantee that not only will you cause devastating and brutal pain to others, but also, most importantly, you shall grieve the Holy Spirit. I encourage those of you reading and listening to test the fruit of those who claim to have a special and mystical in with the Lord. The Lord is not one who neither excludes nor leaves the broken out in the cold, nor does he invite into his inner courts of wisdom and revelation those who would use it to their own personal advantage or fame. It is time. Now is the time. The time is now. It is time to face the chastening of the Lord in the light of the purpose He has behind it. Growing up and maturing finally in the things He has been dutifully prodding you to do for a long time now. Procrastination fellowships with slothful and sloppy approaches to relationship with God and with mankind. For once and for all, make the decision to not blame shift or deflect onto others what God is dealing with in the wickedness of your own soul. Now is the time to be willing to lose your life, to be afflicted, yes, even to the point of having the Lord remove and expose those who have become disobedient, self-promoting, and abusive in the circles that you walk in. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Colossians 2.8 Open your ears. The Lord is speaking. Listen. He has wisdom to impart to you that may well save and instruct others who might fall into foolish behavior. It is not about your comfort, your wants, nor even your dignity. It's about a willingness to be the servant of the Savior and to emulate His example. He is speaking, but are we listening? The Sovereign Lord 
has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. Isaiah 54. Father, we come to you and we ask that you would indeed give us an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Father, we thank you for the afflictions, the disciplines. We thank you, Father, knowing that they will change us, but we tell you, Lord, we don't like it. Our flesh looks for plan B. Lord, we ask that you would create in us a contrite spirit and a broken spirit, Lord, that you would show us that it is only for our good that you allow the difficulties to come. Help us not to faint, Father. Help us not to quit, to glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Goodbye, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 